Welcome to the heartbeat. Ah, I love saying that every time. I've, I really do love this podcast. What's up, everybody? Today was a really fun episode. Um, Marissa and Kathleen are just a really fun couple, and we had some technical difficulties in the beginning. So what you're going to hear is like take three of us trying to record, <laughs> but uh, they've got an amazing story, and they shared so much about really supporting your partner and how to meet your partner on, emotionally. Um and provide that space and what it really means to support each other in that way. They also talked a lot about healing codependency and within a relationship. And I think there's a lot of talk on social media about how to heal codependency outside of a relationship or that you can't do it while you're in a relationship. I don't know. It was a really fresh, uh, refreshing take on things and it was a pleasant conversation. So I'm excited that you get to listen to this episode if you're excited, make sure you follow and give me a review wherever you're listening. It really helps the algorithm. And as always, put some heart into everything that you do. You are listening to The Heartbeat. Well, I'm excited to interview y'all for the third time because <laughs> we had recording issues, but here we are. <laughs> Take three. It's going to happen this time. Um, I know a little bit about y'all and y'all's love just from the beginning of your story, we're going to hear it, you know, record it again for everybody tuning in, but y'all got a really fun energy about you. And even, <laughs> even in this, this is like the third time I'm saying it, but seriously, it's just, even in handling the recording issues and stuff like that, it's just all like laughs and fun. And it says a lot about who each one of you are individually and the connection between y'all. So a lot of people, I think, crave that level of fun and safety and it being in a healthy relationship, you know, because they can see fun as toxic fun, which that's also could be a flavor of fun, but then there's a safe fun as well. And I see that for y'all. So. Oh, I love that. You. Thank Let's you, go. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate that, Kevin. And Hey, you know what? Everything happens for a week for a reason and yeah. no issues at all here with doing it a third time. <laughs> all right. Well, let's take it from the beginning. How'd y'all meet? We met when we were both working as personal trainers at a gym and, uh, you know, it definitely wasn't one of those, um, love at first meet. It was, uh, it was something that grew over time. Marissa, I, I could see when I met her, for those of you who don't know, I'm Kathleen. And, uh, when, when I met her, I could feel this sense of insecurity and that wasn't very attractive to me. So, you know, we, we didn't spend a lot of time together right off the bat, but then Marissa went on her own self-discovery, self-love journey. And through that and through her own growth, I started to realize, wow, this is actually someone who is in line with my values and is someone who I want to spend more time with and is someone who I'm attracted to, but it definitely did not start out that way. No, for sure. We met around six and a half years ago and we've been dating for five and a half of those. And when we first met, I was actually in a relationship with someone else, um, with a man. And it's, I thought it was all going great. I thought it was all awesome. And then one day I cheated on him and that was kind of my wake up call. And I was like, well, something, something's off. And I mean, we can sit here and analyze this all the time being like, okay, like, what was it? Was it that I just wasn't loving myself? I think there was definitely a part of that, that I was looking for someone else to love me instead of me learning to love myself. I was just trying to do things, quote unquote, the right way and just following all the steps in life. And 
And whatever it was, regardless of whether it was I was looking for attention somewhere else because I wasn't feeling myself because I felt like I'd maximized what I could get out of this relationship. And even though he was loving me with everything he had, I just wasn't loving myself. Like, I don't know exactly what it was, but regardless, like it happened and it was, I was like, kind of like, holy shit. <laughs> and, and he never would have known, but a month and a half later, I told him, I was like, Hey, like, this is what happened. This is where we're at. And, um, I went and I ended up, cause I, I was just like, Oh man, gosh, like I'm fucked. There's something wrong with me. Right. Like, okay, Marissa, if we, if what the problem is, is if we work on you and if we fix you, then you'll be good enough to go back to this relationship. Right. Cause at first I thought it would be just done. Right. And, what I think I know now with everything I've gone through, I think there was a part of me which knew that that relationship wasn't what I wanted anymore, but also didn't know how to say this isn't what I want when in my mind and on paper, this was exactly what I wanted and not thinking I was worthy enough to actually be able to just say, hey, this isn't what I want and be able to leave and not allowed to have my own wants and desires. I think I was trying to find a way to sabotage the relationship. So I think it was a combination of a whole bunch of things, but regardless, uh, when I told him, I was like, all right, I'm going to take this time. I'm going to work on me. And I signed up for a 12 week relationship rebuilding program. So it was at this divorce and separation center. And then there's me, I'm 22 or 23 at the time. And then all these other couples who are mid forties to sixties, they're either like individuals or as a couple, there doing this program to see whether or not they're going to actually go through with their divorce or whether they're going to stay together. So it was a really cool situation where I did this rebuilding relationship program and I thought it was going to be Marissa, you fix yourself and then you're going to be good enough to go back to this person who you betrayed their trust and you cheat on them because it's the truth is he's, he's a really, really great guy. It's just, he wasn't the guy for me. Right. And now I've, I've realized it's not that he wasn't even the guy for me. He also wasn't the person for me. Right. Like I'm now with a woman, Kathleen, who's amazing, which is a whole other thing we can talk about is just sexuality. And that. But it's at the end of the day, it was just that that person wasn't right for me anymore. It didn't mean that they weren't good enough or that I wasn't good enough for them or anything else. It's just that we weren't meant for each other. And that was OK. So I did this 12 week relationship rebuilding course. And during that process, that's really where I realized hey, this isn't actually what I want. Because I thought I was going to go do this 12-week thing, hopefully work on myself enough that then I could go back to this relationship. So that was actually something super challenging again, was going through this process, taking time away. And then at the end of that, telling the person who I did love to the best of my abilities, hey, I know I cheated on you. I know I broke your heart. I know you wanted to try again. And now I also don't want to try again, right? Like that was a whole other level of it, but it happened so like I went through like this 12 week thing, like January was when I told him did this 12 week thing. My, my teacher in the course of the relationship rebuilding her homework for me at the end when I was finished my 12 weeks was she's like, you have to go on a solo traveling trip. Right. So I took three weeks, went backpacking Costa Rica. I had my flight in my flight out. And other than that, I didn't know what I was doing. So I landed, had my first night booked, showed up. And then after that, I just figured it out. Yeah. And it was while I was down there and through going through the relationship rebuilding course, that I started to like think about like, like one is I started to realize I missed this one, right? Kathleen, who I'd been working with at the time, and I could just start to feel these pulls. And that's where I started to have conversations with all the different people where I was traveling. I'm like, oh my goodness, I think I really like this girl. But what, like, how do I even function and follow through in any of this? I'm like, it's May. I just got out of a relationship in January. Like everything was everywhere. And we, we ended up when I got back pretty soon after that, we ended up hooking up. We both got really drunk. We call it the night of six oceans because there's, <laughs> there's this wine called two oceans and we had three bottles of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this was the thing too, is it's like, 
I'd never been with a woman. She'd never officially dated a woman. Now I, I identify as bisexual and you would, what would you identify as? As gay, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, but you've never been in a relationship with no. a woman or really been open about any of this stuff. So both of us, here we oh. are, we're like best friends. It'd be like you, Kevin, hanging out with like your best guy friend. And mm-hmm. then like, what if what happened if like one day he would be like, hey, Kevin, I actually have really, really deep feelings for you. Like it kind of, it can kind of really mess it up when it's two girls or two guys. Yeah. Because when you have that close friendship with someone of the same sex who you know there's no attraction from, and then suddenly maybe there is attraction, it can really change the the vibe and the feeling. <laughs> So it took us a whole bunch of alcohol the first time. And then after that, that was literally the first night. And it was like, yeah, the next day, like we talked about, I basically, I told her right off the bat, like she wasn't, she, this is where she got to be a little bit insecure and got to not say anything. She just kind of sat there with deer in headlights. And I was like, well, um, this is it. Like, I was like, whenever I've, like, if I want someone, like I, I want them and I want you. So it's, we're, we're going to go for this. And she was like, okay. And then we officially started telling people it was like in September, but so we've yeah. been officially together for five and a half years, but it's been more than that. And yeah, we're still figuring out. We've definitely been through our own ups and downs. Uh, codependency has definitely been parts of our journey. We're still figuring out how to be two individual. <laughs> this sounds very funny in many ways, but I'm like, yeah, I'm like, she's not my other half. She's my other whole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm my own unique being. She's her own unique being. And it's like, how can we love ourselves individually, but also then each other and help support each other without our relationship becoming everything? Yeah. So, yeah. I want to go back to the moment when y'all were like, oh, wait, there's something here. Like for you, what was that internal conversation like? I mean, I know you mentioned like overcoming this whole, like, well, I just got out of a relationship and like, all this stuff's happening like how and then it seemed like you just kind of knew and you're like yeah okay let's do it what was internally how did you get to that point a couple different things one was like I've, I've had a whole bunch of different weird things go in my life like same as everyone else we've all got our different struggles right one thing was uh over the years definitely dealt with a lot of binge eating and food addiction mm-hmm. disorders And that was when I was taking those months away and really doing the work on myself, I was really nailing that and I wasn't having issues with that. So I think a lot of it also went back to that. I was so grounded in my body. I was so consistent with the foods I was eating, with my sleep, with my movement, with my own training. Like I was doing such a good job taking care of myself and my nervous system that I was actually settled enough that I could check in and truly feel what was going on inside and it not be chaotic or anxiety thoughts and feelings. It was like, no, like these are my true feelings. And even in our relationship now, it's like, I'm very open and honest. I'm like, oh yeah. Like there's definitely times where things run through my head. Like, oh my gosh, should, maybe should we break up? Maybe we're not meant for each other. Maybe like, this is it. And it's like, whenever I get to a place where I am settled in my being as in my body is settled, I'm rested. I'm taken care of. Like my body is settled. And I actually then connect back to my center, to my heart, to who I am every single time she's a hell yes. And so it's realizing like when, so that's where it initially started was when I was like, I was just in such a settled, connected place where I was truly loving myself and fully connected to me. And that's how I knew I, it's like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that this is a yes, because I am so connected to myself right now. And I trust that this yes feeling in my body, I don't know what it means, but it's saying yes. So we're going to trust that, but realizing like, 
I can only trust that when I'm actually settled and connected. Cause so often we get to this place where we try to trust our gut and it's like our gut saying something, but it's like, but because you're not grounded, your gut is actually a fear gut, not your intuitive gut. So like also learning who, who I truly am and like knowing the difference of when I'm actually connected and feeling like me versus when my just human body either desires or fears are taking over. I think that was such a huge thing. But when I got to the place where I was like really connected, um, that really helped me. And then the other thing was, is I had a relationship coach at the time who, who I'd done this 12 week rebuilding course with who knew me, who was a professional and like could look at all the different levels. And I'm like, here's where I'm at. Am I being a fucking idiot? <laughs> right? Like, is this the stupidest thing ever to be jumping into this? Like, cause if so, like I'm, I totally am open to that. I might not be able to know, and I might not have great judgment right now. I might think that this feels right, but this might just be my own desires or running away from my past pain or rebound or whatever else. And she was the one who kind of gave me permission to also be like, you know what, even if it is, that's okay. You're going to learn and grow from it. Mm. So that's what kind of gave me the permission to trust myself and let go of trying to do it the right way and just kind of go. So that's how it was for me. I don't know how it was for you. Well, I mean, like, of course, Marissa and I both have our different ways that, that we grew up. Like Marissa grew up in a very Catholic upbringing. And so being with a woman, like that's not in line with uh, the values that she grew up with. And then for me, I mean, like we've come a long way for sure. But in the 90s growing up, there was still like this negative connotation to being gay. And like if, if you heard someone saying, oh, that's gay, that, that's not usually a good thing. Right. And that that would be like that's stupid or that's bad or that's wrong. And so those those little instances again and again, as you're growing up, you hear that and you start to layer on, OK, this is not good. If I am this way, then that's scary and either my family or my friends won't, um, won't accept me for that. So if you had asked me in that moment, if I was gay, I would have said, hell no. But, um, looking back, I I can see, okay, yeah, I was, I was just really, really scared. So in meeting Marissa, I was, I, I was at this head on, um, reflection of okay you can either decide to keep being scared and um, keeping this inside yourself and being small and you know decide to not be with this woman and probably be unhappy for the rest of your life or you can tell all of your friends and family do the scariest thing you've ever done and tell them okay this is who I am and I'm with this woman but it has the opportunity to make you the happiest you've ever been. So I, I really had to decide, okay, I can either play small and be fearful and continue down the road that I've been going down, or I can lay it all out on the table, no takesy backsies and just, and just go for it. And that's what we decided to do. And I'm really happy that we did it. And I, I am forever grateful that Marissa gave me the strength to do that because honestly, without her, I don't think that I would have ever had the courage to do it on my own. She really like knowing that she had my back no matter what and would love me no matter what was like, okay, you know what? Worst case scenario, if if all of my friends don't like me anymore, if all of my family disowns me, like I'll have this, this loving person that has my back still, but 
of course, we always make it worse in our head. And my friends loved me and were like, yeah, we knew Kathleen, (laughs) (laughs) of course. And my parents as well. And it was really, I don't think a surprise to anyone. Um, And my whole family loves Marissa and it's, it's been the best decision I've ever made, but it was, it was a hard decision at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And face a lot of your fears of like rejection and all the stuff that you, you know, the conditioning, like you were talking about growing up in that time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So then what was it like? So y'all had that moment. You're like, all right, we're doing this. Then what? What kind of transpired from there? Oh, it's been a ride. It's been fun. Let's, um, yeah. I, I guess we can briefly touch on a few different things. And then if you want to dive into one in particular, we can do that. Okay. Uh, like I mentioned, I've I've had issues with and challenges with eating disorders, also depression, anxiety. That's been something that's really taken over and has been a huge challenge in my life. Kathleen's never really dealt with that. So also just those differences and her being able to support me in my journey while also not rescuing me and not doing it for me and being like, how can I support her? But also then, cause like there's definitely been dynamics in her life where I would initially, when I would start in a relationship, I would like to do everything and be like the taker care of the rescuer, all that. But then there's a certain point where I wouldn't get validation from that anymore, I think. And then I would go into the victim side where I would be like, oh, poor me, I'm here, challenge- there's these challenging things. And I think some of it was that. Some of it's also just that I, I deal with these things, right? There's different things that have been in my life just from my upbringing, from my past. We've all got our stuff. Um, but I think that that's been a huge challenge in our relationship is figuring out how to be like me go through my own journey and also being very real about it. like We've had conversations being real in the past where like, hey, I love you and I'm always here for you, but that doesn't mean that I'm always going to be with you in the same way that before we, she wasn't attracted to me when we had different values. If I'm saying I value one thing and all my actions are going another way, like we realize that we're also free to choose to evolve into whoever we want to be. And we can choose new lifestyles, new values. And if that means that I become a person who's no longer the person who she's chosen to be with, that's okay. Right. Or there's a certain point where I'm, I've chosen to not keep trying And at that point, it's like, okay, well, like, are we actually in a relationship then? Because it's two people loving the other person unconditionally. And if I'm just at a point where I've kind of tapped out, then do we even have a relationship anyway? So I think having some of those really deep conversations and just being real about like, yeah, we, as much as we think we're going to be together forever, we're engaged now. We've been engaged for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Like that's, it's a, it's a very real thing that maybe we aren't. If one of us, for whatever reason, decides that this isn't who I want to be anymore and the other person decides they want to leave or just the other person decides, hey, this isn't what I want anymore. Like we're allowed to change. And it's, I think that having that has been really cool. A couple of years ago, I find again, mental health stuff, winter and here in Canada is very, very challenging for me in Ottawa. My brain does this. So like I went to Australia for three months uh, back three winters ago, right before the pandemic hit. So even just things like that, like how she could support me in that, like I, we bought a house together and we're in the middle of renovations and she kept the dog and the renovations. We had like a, a nine month old puppy at the time and just her being like, how can I support you in your journey? And then now she's down in Southern Ontario. She's shifted from going from the career, uh, the personal development um what's it called personal training there we go I was like what are, what are you doing she shifted her career from personal training she's going into Ottawa police 
Mm-hmm. And so now I'm here in Ottawa taking care of the dog and she's off in school for three months as she is doing her training before she goes on the road. So it's cool that we both, as time we've been through different things in our life, we can support each other as we go through them. But there's there's been so many different fun ups and downs and it's been an adventure. And I think one of the coolest things that, uh, one of the things I'd say I'm most proud of that we've done and we've created together is we we started our own podcast called living the life because we created these family values so talking about values we decided this was probably around two or three years ago we created these family values of saying like who do we want to be how do we want to live and we came up with health fun love and abundance and those are the four things that we've agreed that we're going to be building this relationship and this family on so it's amazing because that way we know this is who we're going to be. And this is how we're going to live. And if somebody's kind of falling off, like we'll call each other out. We help challenge each other and call each other to greatness, but also at the same time, love and support each other in our humanness. Like it's a really, really cool. It's a really cool relationship. Um, I don't know how else to really explain or touch on that, but it's just like, we've somehow managed to find this balance of love just in the sense of unconditional love I love and accept you exactly as you are but also just real love and support in a healthy way being like I am going to challenge you to be your best highest self and not just settle and I think that that's also one of the reasons why we haven't had nearly as many challenges in our relationships as maybe other people have is because we do such a good job at taking care of ourselves physically and having open communication and conversations about the tough things, it means that we're grounded enough in our bodies that we can actually have these conversations. And then that means that we don't have a lot of issues that other people would have because we just talk about it as it comes up rather than waiting until something potentially could blow up. Yeah, I, I think that you touched on this earlier quickly, but like you mentioned, we we don't rely on each other for fixing our issues that we might have it's like I I am a responsible adult and if I'm having a problem or if I'm not showing up to the best of my ability or I'm not taking responsibility of myself it's not on my partner to fix that for me it's not on my partner to take care of me it's okay what's what's in within my control what can I do to fix this and then that other person is there to love me and, you know, maybe offer support, but they're not the one doing it for me. And so if it it, it really takes the, um, the attention off the other person, the pressure off the other person to do that for me, and it puts it back into my court of, okay, I am, I'm able-bodied to do this and I have a lot of tools and resources at my disposal that I can fix whatever's going on and and then we're able to just have fun in our relationship and it keeps it lighter rather than you know going into this mentality of you know Marissa has to fix this for me and she has to be my caretaker or she has to be my rescuer and and it, it, it keeps the dynamic more level rather than one having to do it for the other. You mentioned uh, earlier a little bit of like codependent patterns coming up. Is Are you good at that conversation because you slip into desiring that sometimes and of the like relying on the other person? 
Oh yeah. I would just yeah. love to just like, it was even like, so Kathleen's down in Southern Ontario. So she's visiting this weekend. So she's come back to visit. Um, and, and it's cause I'm going to be going to Mexico for a couple of weeks. See, this is, isn't this great. This was, this was again, talk about communication, right? I was like, all right, like if you want to be do policing in Ottawa, Ontario, that's okay. But every winter I need a minimum of two weeks where I go down South and she's like, okay. Right. So she's in school and I'm going to go on vacation with my sister and then a friend of mine. So it's like, yeah, like this, this is how you make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, but codependency wise, like, so she came back late last night and the night before I mean, there's a whole bunch of different, like you can say I'm upper limiting myself. You can say I'm self-sabotaging, whatever. But I stayed up till like five in the morning watching TV shows and eating crappy food, like patterns I haven't dealt with a Mm. lot recently, right before she comes back. And I'm pretty sure, like I noticed the next day, I'm like, I had this, this desire to send her a text and be like, oh, I did it again. My energy's low now. And like, because that's something that definitely in the past where it was, where she would be like, okay, how can I, how can I help you? Like, what do you need? Like, it's okay. Uh, you're human. You're allowed to make mistakes. I'm still here. I still love you. Like whatever. And I, so, but I noticed I wanted to do that. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. So instead I sent her a text, which was like, Hey, we're, we've created like the most amazing life so far today. We have so much love. I'm so excited just to have a, such a fun weekend with you where we're just fully present, where we fully live life. And so just like realizing that, that I still have those tendencies and they don't come up nearly as much, but it still happens. And even like the first three days after she left to go down to school, like I could just feel all of my body was just like, oh, I miss her. And I mean, I think there's a certain part of that, which is normal and healthy. Like it's my person, I'm my yeah. physical body, like it's used to co-regulating with her. And it's not there, but learning that, Hey, I have to learn how to regulate my own nervous system. (laughs) Like I have to learn to be myself and it's, yeah, it still will come up. Um, but I think it's definitely a lot better. It's definitely a lot better than it used to be. It's both on both sides of both either going into, um, me needing her to fix things for me or me trying to feel validation for myself by fixing her. And I think that between the two of us, Kathleen is much more level-headed, grounded, doesn't kind of go everywhere. I'm definitely the one that's a little bit more sporadic goes everywhere (laughs) and that's okay. But it's, I think that that's just how it is. I think that from what I understand, and I'd love for you to share on this too, but like, I don't think you have as many codependent patterns. It just happens to be that I'll be trying to drag her into my codependency and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to do all these things for you. And she's like, oh, great. Thank you. Right. Like there's not like an unhealthy way of, she's like, allowing me to rescue her but she's like oh this is great marissa's just loving me and doing things for me but i'm actually in a codependent space (laughs) well and i mean we talked a little bit on your mental health i know that that's something that you've struggled with in the past and there's been ups and downs with that and for anyone who's had a partner who's struggled with that of course you love that person and there's, there's this knee-jerk reaction of wanting to step in and be like, okay, what can I do to fix it? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. how how can we tackle this? How can we fix this? And there's not always an answer to how can you fix it? And not every situation needs to be fixed. Sometimes it's just, okay, what can I do to support you? Um, Can I just sit with you and be with it, with you in it? rather than feeling like, all right, we're going to tackle this and fix it right now. So that, that can be challenging in just being able to sit in the uncomfortable with your partner and be like, yeah, I love you. This sucks. And that's it. There's, there's no need to step away from this conversation and boom, have it fixed like that. 
So that's been a challenge for me with, okay, maybe you're, you're feeling anxiety or depression today and you're maybe you're unable to get out of bed today. So rather than me feeling like, okay, how can we get to the bottom of this? Just sitting in bed with you and holding you and that, and, and that being good enough and not feeling like, oh, I failed because I didn't fix it. It's really cool to like, even just on like that level of how you've learned to support me. It's really amazing. Cause I think that there's certain things as in, in a relationship, there's certain ways. Yes, we have to learn how to support ourselves, but there's also a certain point where we try so hard to not be codependent that we think we have to do everything on our own rather than realizing you're allowed to have love and support from your partner. Like that's totally a very normal, healthy thing in a relationship. So even things like now I can recognize when I'm like, Hey, I need a hug, right? I don't need you to be here to fix it all for me. And I don't need crazy attention, but I like, I physically just need your regulated body sitting there because I know that helps my body co-regulate and chill out. So it's great. Cause I can, we figure this out where I will lay there and I will be crying and falling apart on her shoulder and she'll just sit there and watch Netflix. And that's fine because it's not that like, she doesn't actually need to do anything for me other than physically be present. The work that I need to do is sit in my pain, sit through work through whatever it is I'm working through. I just need a grounded human body nearby to help me settle. But it's, and so many people would look at that and be like, oh, like, isn't that just so unloving or them not paying attention? No, she's doing exactly what I've asked her to do. I just need her physically there and to be grounded. And she doesn't actually need to do anything for me other than be there. So that allows her to just sit there and watch Netflix. And so it's, I think it's a really normal, healthy thing to be able to figure out like, what do you actually need support in? And how can I give you that? Well, then letting you carry your part, because it's, it's like when you're in the gym and like, you're like, okay, like you have to lift the weight, but I can spot you. And when it's a little too heavy, I can give you that bit of support so you can still do it. You can still lift the weight, but I'm not doing it all for you. Cause that's, mm. that's how we get stronger is by going through our uncomfortable things. And so, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool that we've gotten to that place where we can support each other as well from that place of love and figure like, how do you need the support? How can I do that little thing for you instead of having to do all of it? Mm. And, and something that we've started doing recently is probably over the last year is uh, we we do have a few different things. Like we, we start every morning with what are five things you're grateful for. So we really try to ground each other into gratitude and being grateful for the small things in our life. Cause sometimes, sometimes we can get bogged down by all the hard things that are going on, but really going back to, okay, what are we grateful for? And, uh, and another thing that we do is I'll ask Marissa and she'll vice versa, ask back to me randomly. I'll just be like, Hey, Marissa, where's our relationship on a scale of one to 10? And she's able to rate it and she doesn't need to hold anything back. It's not like a, I need to take it personally if it's a low rating, but it's just a check-in for each other. And so let's say I ask her, Hey, Marissa, where's our relationship on a scale of one to 10? And then she's like, it's a, a seven out of 10 today. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. What is one thing that I can do for you today to bring it from a seven to an eight or a, a, from a seven to a 7.5? And so rather than me trying to figure out what I can do, she's able to verbalize to me today, I need you like, hey, can you just clean the house? Because it's really messy right now and it feels really disorganized. So 
one thing that you can do today for me is just clean the house. Or maybe it's just give me a hug or whatever it is. And then I know, okay, rather than trying to figure it out, there's this one thing that I can do that's really important to Marissa right now. And I'm going to do that. It's really cool too that that exercise in the sense that when like we've we've talked about this ahead of time. So it's not like, you know, sometimes when someone's like, I love you, and there's almost like this like requirement for the other person, like, I love you too. And if you don't, then people will make up all these stories in your head. But we've talked about this ahead of time. So when one person asks for the rating and how to improve it, the other person doesn't have to ask back. They have the option if they'd like to, but there's no expectation there, which is really nice. So it's like when when Kathleen asks that to me and asks me to rate it, it's just genuinely her just saying, hey, like, where are we at? How can I help support you? And some days I'll ask her back the same thing. Other days I don't have the capacity for that. Sometimes it's the opposite. I'll ask her and she's like, hey, I don't have the capacity to ask you that back or whatever it is. And so it's like just giving ourselves also like having talked through this ahead of time. So that way we know this is how this works and giving ourselves that ability to be able to sit in that space of where are we at? Like, like, and what's your perception? Like, how can I make it better? And this is the other really funny thing is that I'd say 90 to 95% of the time when she asks me what she can do to make it better, it's nothing that she needs to. I'm like, no, I need to make sure I take responsibility for these basic habits. Right. And that's just what, that's what it is. Because like I said, I'm the one who tends to go everywhere. And if I don't take care of myself, then I'm not grounded. I'm not regulated. And then I can't, I'm not present in my life. I'm not present for her. And that's why there's actually usually challenges on her relationship. It's not that there's actually something she needs to work on. Sometimes there's things like clean the house, right? When I often, when I ask her, I'm like, what's something I can do for you? What would make it better? Often it's sex, right? That's just it. And it's like, okay, cool. We're two completely different people who have completely different needs and desires and wants and amounts of things. And so rather than also, there's part of my brain, which sometimes wants like initially when she would do this would just be like, oh, all she wants me for is sex, right? So of course that's not it, right? But also realizing that, her need for sex is also more than mine. So same thing. Like that's such a huge thing in a relationship is figuring out, okay, how do we do this? How do we make sure your needs are met and my needs are met? Right. And it's like, how do we, how do we help support each other? We're also realizing like, Hey, same thing as all her other needs. If she really needs sex, she can go meet her her need herself. I don't need to do that for her. Right. So it's like also just realizing that there's so many different things that are going on that at the end of the day, we can still do it for ourselves and support ourselves. And then if we can help support each other, amazing. But there's sometimes where it's just like, all right, like my partner can't do this for me right now. They can't be here to give me the support that I want. And that's okay. It's okay. Like we can still show up for ourselves. There's a, something that as you were talking, I was like, man, you're not, uh, I just want to speak to the fact that you're not trying to read each other's minds. Mm. You're really clear on like, not having that as be an expectation, I think. Yep. Was that, I mean, was that ever an issue? No, I mean, no one's a mind reader. This is, yeah. I, I think that this is a pitfall that so many people fall into is, yeah, I like, I have no magical powers at all. I do not pretend to be a mind reader. And that just sounds like a tiring task to try to do all the time to try to figure it out. So I mean, for me, it makes logical sense that it would be the most effective way rather than to try to figure it out. Just be like, I have the answer right in front of me. What do you need from me? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's, I I don't know. Is that something that we've struggled with in the past? 
Not too much. I think it's, this is something else, which is Kathleen is really great at is she just kind of says it as it is and kind of laughs about it. So like sometimes I'll, she'll say something and I'll say something else. And she's like, what do you mean? That's ridiculous. <laughs> right. And like, she'll just like say it, like, like, do you realize what you just said? Like what, maybe it was, maybe it's like, wait, you asked me to clean up the bathroom and then you got mad at me for not cleaning up the living room. Like, do you realize like that that doesn't make sense? Right. Like how am I supposed to know? So she'll actually say this but she says it from this place of like love and play which often works sometimes she starts laughing but i've also i think there's also a piece of self-awareness where i know myself as as much as well and i can say to her i'm like i know that you're laughing because you're kind of just frustrated from communication but just so you know when you're laughing i'm finding like this is you're laughing at me and i'm shutting down and i'm not going to communicate anymore and i'll actually say that and then she's like oh my gosh and then she'll like try to stop herself from laughing and i'll just shut down more it's like we like talk through this but like we've we figured this out that like we know that we're both human we know that if if she's gets frustrated how i know how she's going to respond i know that when i don't feel safe how i'll shut down and so like we've, we've had to learn this over time so i think some of it's being patient with each other but there's also a lot of self-awareness and something I've also noticed just from what I see out in the world and in a lot of relationships I think the reality is, is a lot of people because they're not moving their body enough they're not eating good foods they're not getting good quality sleep the reality is is they've just chosen a lifestyle which is quote-unquote normal it's the norm out in the world but we're human beings with this human body and this human nervous system and we're if we're not regulated and we don't feel safe communication doesn't happen that's just the reality. So I think that the reason why also we have such good communication is because we've become so dedicated to taking care of our physical health that it makes it so that's not an obstacle. Because I think a lot of people, they know the tools to how to communicate. They do the work. They read all the books. You can read. Like there's an amazing book. I love the book called Crucial Conversations. Like if someone's looking for a resource for how to, a process for how to start to have some of these conversations and practice them, like communication really is a skill. But it's really hard to perform that skill well when you're exhausted, right? Like it's like, so this is the thing is I think a lot of people too, they're trying to do the work that they feel like is the personal development work, which they feel like then they're doing a good job and they're helping improve the relationship. But the reality is, is you cannot be, and this is my opinion, you can say maybe I'm right or wrong on this, but from what I know and what I've experienced and what I truly believe, you cannot have a good, healthy, thriving relationship if you're not willing to address the foods you're putting into your body, so your body feels like you, the movement you're giving yourself, so your body feels like you, and the rest that you're taking, so that way you can actually feel like you. It's not about doing all the healthy things and doing it the right way, but it's realizing if you don't feel like yourself in the sense of being a grounded, regulated, settled human being, having any sort of deep connection in your relationship is just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's just it. And it's like so many people, they, because the reality is TV late at night is great. Food at night or just snacking and and for pleasure is great. But if it's not helping your body and then you're not actually going to be settled and feeling like you, like there's no way you're going to be able to connect with your partner just because you're not going to feel like you. Yeah. Well, and to go back to what Marissa was talking about at the beginning, like we, we get to choose each other every day to be in this relationship. And I think that so many people, when they get into a relationship, it's like, okay, I'm with this person now. They have to love me no matter what. So then I don't really need to try as much. 
And then you see people break up and they're like, oh my God, they get into the best shape ever because now they're taking care of themselves and they get into a relationship and then they start to not take care of themselves. And I've, I've really had to switch this, um, flip the switch in my mind that rather than thinking, okay, Marissa's going to love me no matter what, so I can really not take responsibility for myself or not really care. I have flipped it to, she is the most amazing woman in my life and I love her so much and she deserves the best partner in the world. Hmm. And who am I to not give that to her? Like shame on me for not taking care of myself because this amazing woman deserves the best. So like, yeah, shame on me for not putting good food in my body. Shame on me for not getting a good night's sleep. So then I'm kind of snappy with her or I'm not showing up as my best self or I'm not healthy. So yeah, I, I really like, if I don't take care of myself, then I kind of, (laughs) I kind of get upset with myself and I'm like, oh man, that like, that, that's not cool. That's not you showing up as your, as the best partner to Marissa. That's not what she deserves. So then I kind of give this mental kick in, kick in my butt to say, all right, let's get back on track. Let's do this because Mm -hmm. she deserves this. And also I deserve to be my best self and show up as my best self and be healthy. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned um, the values of your relationship and health was the first one. You want to touch on the others? Fun. So we put fun is that, yeah, like, so this is the thing is we, we sat down work. All right. If we were going to live our best life, if we were mm-hmm. going to like, when people, they talk about how like they're living the life, like what is involved in that and work, they're healthy, right? They've got their physical health, their mental health, right? It's there, mm-hmm. right? There's fun. You're actually doing things that bring you joy and that you actually enjoy doing. There's a lot of love for yourself, for other people, for the world, for the planet. There's just that love that just exudes out of your being. And then there's abundance in the sense that not that you're like, there's just enough money or just enough time to be able to do the things I want to do, but there's more than enough mm-hmm. of the resources that you need, time, money, energy, whatever it is. And when you have a combination of those four things, that's when naturally life just becomes amazing. So then we, that's where we still really start to say, how can we consciously build this? So like this morning we're like, we were like, all right, like how can we do something fun? We woke up on Saturday morning and we pulled out a board game. We played sequence at like nine in the morning, right? Had coffee and did that. Like later we're going to go for a run outside because we get to go out in nature, but it's also running through the snow. We're going to be with the dogs. So like, that's fun, but it's also taking care of our health, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, we're building all these in for the abundance side. We started this probably around two years ago. We started doing a monthly finance date. So we sit down every month and we look at where we're at. We look at what money's coming in, what's going out, what are our priorities, what are the different things we have to shift and change. And then we celebrate where we practice gratitude for everything we got to spend money on. Like we're grateful that we spent money on our mortgage because it means we now have this home, which we've turned into an income property, right? Where I'm grateful that we got to whatever pay property taxes because in my head initially it wants to be like oh here's money that's just going nowhere it's like no 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 this is paying for the road that's being plowed every single day in the winter right like so that finance piece instead of having that finance date which also then alleviates financial stress because we're very aware of exactly where we're at and what we're responsible for to make sure we're growing but that's another huge thing that where there runs into issues in relationships is there's no there's like there's no safety around finances 
either because people are actually safe, but they're not willing to look at it and it's kind of scary, or they're just making up stories in their heads, or sometimes they actually aren't safe and they're not doing anything about it. But that finance state also alleviates any of those fears around finances and where we're at, which makes life so much easier. Yeah, there's like, finances is something that causes so much stress and anxiety and shame in relationships that you hear all the time about people who they like, they just don't talk about it at all. And it's like this taboo thing to ask someone, you know, how much money did you make? Like, why, why is that such a taboo thing? Why is that something that we don't talk about? And, you know, if it's something that you don't talk about and you keep pushing to the side, then it's probably going to be something that you're not going to have your a pulse on. You're not going to know where your finances are. And then God forbid, if years down the road, you have no idea what's going on with your finances, then you run into really serious issues. And that can be such a big stressor on your relationship. Like, oh man, wow. Now we don't have enough money to pay for our house. Like that's, that's a big deal. That's a, that's a big stress to put on a relationship. So Marissa and I intentionally knowing that that is a taboo thing that a lot of people don't want to talk about in relationships and do have a lot of stress around. Like, it's not usually very sexy to be like, Hey babe, let's go sit down and look at our, our taxes or let's go pay these bills. Like woohoo. <laughs> but, but we intentionally were like, okay, how can we make this fun? So we call it our finance date where we sit down. We sometimes we'll go to restaurants and do it. Sometimes we'll do it at home. Sometimes we'll cook a nice meal. And rather than like Marissa said, looking at it and being like, oh my God, look, we just spent X amount of money on our mortgage this month. Like that's so much money being like, wow, look at this money that we get to spend on this and look what we get in return for it. Mm -hmm. And it becomes this really exciting, positive thing, but also we know what the heck's going on with our finances. And then it doesn't become this, this, um, this thing that we don't want to talk about or this big, scary thing. They're like, Oh, I don't want to look at that because if I don't look at it, then it's not happening. Right. But that's not the truth. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that has turned around for me where when we first were in the relationship, it, it wasn't something that my parents talked about. It was this thing that was like, Oh, Kathleen, you don't talk about that. That's not like, it's not polite to ask people that information. And so of course I brought that into our relationship and now we've been able to turn that around. And now it's this exciting thing where there's no, there's no secrets between us and we know exactly where we're at. And then if there's an adjustment that we have to make, then we make it on the fly. Mm -hmm. And it's cool too. Something else we've also, same thing. We've talked about things ahead of time. We've agreed on them from the finances side. We like, we figured out where do we want to actually be investing our money and we're on the same page there. So that way we know there's nothing really for one person to hide or the other, but we also, we've come up with this agreement that if there's something you want to buy, that's like that you've, you've honestly, like if you want to buy for whatever reason, if it's going to bring you joy, if it's going to add to your life, as long as it's 500, but less than 500 bucks, go for it. If it's more than 500 bucks, we've agreed that this is a conversation to have because this is us choosing to create and build the life that we want. And so that way it's something we can talk about and be like, is this actually something that we want to invest more of our money into? Is it actually going to add to our life? Or is this something which just isn't the time? So, I mean, other than 
when she bought my engagement ring or when I went and bought my wedding dress, like those things we didn't tell each other about. But other than that, like everything we, we talk about it and we're like, hey, mm-hmm. where are we at? What expenses are coming up? So because of that, like that also makes our relationship be able to be easy because we've removed this stressor, which allows us to then actually become back and be present with each other rather than dealing with all this other stuff in life. So it's, it's really, really cool. And actually, Kevin, I'd love to ask you a question because this is something I've been diving into for years, right? Ever since I shared with you, ever since I cheated on my ex, I've been like, okay, like, obviously there's something here where I just didn't know how to love myself and get into that. So one of our other pillars is love. And one of the little sections underneath that, that includes self-love, but I would love to hear your definition of what self-love is because you're the heart guy and like what what's your experience what do you know like I this is where I love to learn from other people I love that it's been a journey for me you know I'm I yeah my Instagram handles the heart guy but I'm also a human I've also I've been through a lot of shame and self-hatred and my own codependent patterns and heartbreaks I mean that's how I got into the work that I'm doing just trying to figure out like what the heck is going on you know and you know I think Self-love really is, I know for me, I used to think it was almost like being perfect. Like, oh, I hate this thing about myself. So let me change it and get rid of it so that I can then love myself. Mm. And I'm in this understanding and phase now where I'm recognizing that there's nothing to fix. And even the parts of you that you don't like getting to build a relationship with those parts or loving those parts and having it be okay without changing anything ironically changes it but that is because it's there's self-love and it's really just acceptance of where you're at and honesty with where you're at um and that requires you to fully see yourself and um i love looking at my relationship as a mirror for how i'm showing up or how i'm not showing up because it's emotionally charged so that thing that i've been running from and hiding you know if i'm can do all the inner work all day long. And then my partner will bring something up and I'm like, Oh shit, I wasn't even seeing that. You're right. Damn. Like it, it, it brings light to all of me. And it's almost in a a beautiful way. Relationships help you to fall in love with yourself because you're able to, you really have to see all of you. Mm -hmm. In your experience and with what, you know, do you think that it's like a simultaneous, they, they both can kind of grow together. Do you feel like there has to be a certain amount of self-love before love for other can really be there do you think that it's sometimes you find you love your other person first and then you start to learn to love yourself is it i've seen it happen every way Mm. you know and there's a whole thing out there on social media of you gotta love yourself before you get into a relationship and it's like yeah that could definitely be helpful but i have interviewed plenty of people and and know plenty of people who got into a relationship and either both of them didn't like themselves or one of them didn't and they went through a a season where they worked through that together and you really can evolve together. Um, And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've noticed in um, this podcast and in the interviews that I've done, the research that I've done is when both people in the, in the relationship value growth and actually live it, you'll get through anything. Mm, That's beautiful. With when the commitments there, when the growth is there in terms of a value, you'll, take the medicine that is the triggers or the, Oh, yep. Okay. I need to grow in that area or whatever it is. You'll see that for what it is and see the relationship as a place to really evolve and grow into your best self. 
even after, you know, even after you fully love yourself, I still go to my relationship in that way. When, and when I'm in a season of loving my life, I can still recognize areas to grow. There's, there's other seasons where I don't love myself as much. And I recognize all my patterns showing up and things like that. And it's like, it'll come out in her complaints or it'll come out in um, the level quote unquote of the relationship. Right. And it's in taking that responsibility and, and doing the inner work that the tide can shift. That's really, really cool. So with, cause like I know you said, as long as they're both committed to that growth and that value, like what do you think is then gets in the way of people actually getting committed to and following through on that growth? Um, to put a blanket statement on it, I would say your ego, mm. you know, love me as I am. Mm. This is just who I am. Take it or leave it. Well, yes. And I do. And also we can have a standard and we can grow and let's mm. keep, keep mm-hmm. going. Right. Um, so there's that it's all a paradox and a spectrum, you know, so it can kind of be confusing to navigate, but, uh, I would say, yeah, I would say that, that that's a big one. I really like that. And that that word that you use standard there, I think that's something which comes up a lot, like in, just in a relationship realizing like, yeah, I have a certain standard that I expect from Kathleen as my partner mm-hmm. in regards to how she takes care of herself physically, how she shows up with her communication, what she uses her time and energy for, the words that she uses around me, all like all that. But it's not an expectation. It's not like this thing about I... I'm expecting it. Like if you, this is, I need it to be this way. And if it doesn't, then I'm going to fall apart, feel horrible. Like, you know, it might not happen, Mm -hmm. but I know it's, it's my choice. And this is my standard of that. If this doesn't happen, if you choose to not do this, that's okay. But like you said, like that relationships work when there's commitment and everyone falls through on growth. And if she doesn't keep up with those standards and they keep showing up, then it's, it's not there anyways. Right. Right. And it's, it's a, you know, it really is a balance of, part of love is grace, you know? And so nobody's perfect and we can hold each other, try to hold each other to that standard. And that's another thing that comes out. You see yourself in relationships. Oftentimes the things that trigger you about your partner might be inner parts of you, right? Like if I, an example, if I'm like slacking on my physical health and then I see my partner slacking on hers, I might get triggered at that, judge that, whatever as a way to not face my own slacking. Mm. And people do that all the time. Yeah. Um, and so it's really returning back to yourself first. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, what did this trigger in me? Where's my medicine in it? What do I need to shift and work on? And then addressing the, your partner from that other, from that more neutral space. Yeah, but it's, it's taking ownership first. It, it's funny on that. I mean, Marissa and I both have a personal training background Mm. and it's so often that our clients would ask like, how do I get my partner to be more fit or more healthier? Like, how do I get them to do it with me? And there's no way that you can get someone else to do it. You can't make anyone do it. But when someone sees you taking care of yourself, then you're more likely to want to do that with your partner. So, so the best thing you can do is take care of yourself. And that's the, that's, that's what I would always tell clients who are wanting that. I was like, just take care of yourself, focus on yourself. You go to the gym, you eat good food, you get a good night's sleep and 
your partner will probably start to ask and you can offer like, Hey, do you want to come on this walk with me? Not like, Hey, you should go on a walk right now and take care of yourself because you, you look like you're, you know, gaining some weight or something like that's not the loving, respectful thing to do. But when you are taking care of yourself and you're taking responsibility of yourself and you're respecting yourself, then they're going to start to realize, Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Marissa's, you know, going out for these walks and she's not watching Netflix late at night and she's going to the gym. So I, as her partner also want to do that and want to be a part of that. And that's inspiring me to be a better version of myself. So I'm more likely to do that. And, you know, every time without fail that someone did it in that way, their partner was like, Oh, okay. Eventually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I do want to go along that journey with you because they weren't forced into it or shamed into it. Right. Right. Very true. I love the all's love. It's freaking awesome. Thank you for being on the show and for sharing all the wisdom that you shared. I think you've got a really awesome like way of, of, um, dancing together and it's really awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Your dance moves are entertaining. (laughs) I wouldn't say I'm a very good dancer, but (laughs) Kevin, you haven't seen me on the dance floor. You would not say that. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show and for sharing all that you did. Yeah. It's our pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. It was fun.